You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 15. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and as always, I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. This podcast episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, our free live virtual event that is specifically targeted to help PMO leaders around the world make a bigger impact with their PMO. Go check it out at PMOImpactSummit.com and get ready to learn a ton of ways you can make a big impact with your PMO. It's PMOImpactSummit.com and when the event is live, it is a free opportunity to get tons and tons of training to help you with your PMO. Today, I am just incredibly honored and grateful to be able to share this episode with you. I have Neen James, one of my personal heroes that I got to meet through my graduate program in public speaking called Heroic Public Speaking. It is just a game changer and a life changer for me. And I was privileged to be able to learn a lot about Neen and read her books, Folding Time and Attention Pays, and said, you know what, I really feel like there's a lot here that we as PMO leaders could really learn from how we make sure that we're paying attention and to get attention for our PMO. So let me tell you a little bit about Neen. Uh, in addition to being just a fabulous rock star in my life and just a game changer for me. She's been changing the lives of people for a very long time, has a really long background in project management specifically, which I think is super cool. But she's also been named one of the top 30 leadership speakers by Global Guru several years in a row because of her work with companies like Viacom, Comcast, and Abbott Pharmaceuticals, among so many others. You will definitely hear Neen's boundless energy and quick-witted personality as she offers powerful strategies for paying attention to what matters so you can get more done and create more significant moments at work and at home, which is so incredibly important. So Neen, welcome to the show. What a treat to serve your listeners. G'day, everybody. So Neen and I had the pleasure of meeting a while back. And like I said, I read her books and they just changed my perspective completely. So I asked if Neen would be willing to share with us some secrets, some best practices to help us as PMO leaders really get the attention that we need in our PMOs and for our PMOs and for the work we're doing. And as you all know, I am a huge believer that we should not be selling the PMO. The goal is not to sell the PMO because if you're doing it right, they are coming to you and begging for your help in achieving their goals. So we really need to figure out how do we do that? How do we get the attention we need for our PMO from our sponsors, from our stakeholders? And instead of having people run the other direction when they see the PMO coming, they're chasing us down, begging for our support. So Neen, as we dive in today, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience about you and your background and experience? No, but I think this idea of attention is one that gets a bad rap, 
right? Because I grew up in corporate business in Australia. I worked in retail, banking, telecommunications, and the oil industry. And let me tell you, there's not a lot of ticks in oil. And mm. when I was really doing my most project management was when I was in oil and I had an all-male team and I love working with men. And when I was in banking, I had an all-male branch. Like I was, and by the way, if you haven't worked it out already, I sound like I'm five. So I'm four, ten and a half. I sound like I'm five. I have blonde hair. And so to get attention and be treated as an equal of someone with value, as someone who was actually smart and knew what they were doing, I understand this need for getting the right kind of attention. I think attention these days, Laura, gets a bad rap. We go, oh, she just wants attention. And mm. social media has changed that. And yet, attention is about connection. And as PMOs, we need to be able to connect with the people we serve in order for us to advance the projects that we are leading, the team that we're developing, the stakeholders that we're serving. And so I want people to look at attention differently. You see, I believe it is intention that makes our attention valuable. And what I learned, especially early in my career, is that I had to have the right intention behind my desire for attention. So one particular strategy that I developed early in my career that I encourage every PMO to consider is you need to be your own publicist. Here's what I mean by that. Now, we know what a publicist does. Often we hear about them in the press when someone does something wrong. A celebrity does something really bad and then insteps their publicist. But you can use publicity in a really powerful way. And so... I believed young and early in my career that I had to be my own publicist. And the way that that turned up was every Friday, I would send my boss five bullet points. I would send my boss five things the team and I achieved that week. Now here's as a PMO how you would do it. Every day you look for one great good news story. What was a great client testimonial, uh, a budget that you exceeded, a time frame that you were able to develop, um, a new contingency path that you were able to create. But what I would do is every Friday I'd send my boss five bullet points. Now here's the thing. Whether my boss read them or not, I really didn't care. But what I did discover is often my bosses would cut and paste those five bullet points into their status report for their boss. And we all know that part of our job is to make our boss look good, right? So mm. we need to think about the attention that we want to give to our projects, to our people, and to our passions. And so what I was doing acting as an internal publicist is that I was deliberately and diligently doing this with intention every Friday. Now, what I have encouraged executives that I work with all over the world, it doesn't matter if it's the CEO of a Fortune 100 company or a leader on the front line or a project manager I'm talking to at PMI, I believe we all have to be our own publicist. Now, you said don't sell, drive people to you. And here's what happened with all my bullet points. I always got headcount. I always got extensions when I needed them. I get extra funding when I required it because I proactively communicated. As PMOs, we have a responsibility to manage the brand that we have in our organization. And you want to establish a brand where you are the go-to person, that you are the resource, that you are the center of the entire universe that can make things happen. And the way to do that is to build it before you need it. And here's what I mean by that. By proactively communicating your successes and the team's successes, when you do need help, when you do need an extension, when you do need someone to troubleshoot for you, when you need buy stakeholder buy-in that maybe you're not having success with. In my case, I had a particular project that impacted a huge area of banking. I had to have 25 signatures to sign off my project. And that was government, 
that was the organization. It was ridiculous, but because I put the work in in advance, it took me less than two weeks to get 25 people to agree, which they said had never been done before, but I was being my own publicist, constantly having conversations, constantly updating people, constantly informing them. And we have this responsibility. So attention is about connection. Are you connecting the dots for people? Are you connecting in relationships with people? Are you connecting people with other people so they can help advance their projects? So as a PMO, we have so many roles that we juggle, but one of our vital roles is we are absolutely the connector in our organization because we can connect thinking, we can connect talent, we can connect resources. I'm often asked one of my most popular programs in companies is called systems thinking because it's the way I look at the world. You mentioned I grew up as a project manager. I always look at things in deliverables and I believe systems create freedom. And so we need to think about how can we create more systems as PMOs for the kind of attention we want. We are our own project. We are our own product. We are the brand. And we have to be able to invest time, attention, and energy in growing that brand so we have a really strong personal brand in our role. So people look to us with high regard as someone they trust, as someone of integrity who does what they say they're going to do. And it all starts with being your own publicist. Ah, yes, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I went so far as to put an entire lesson inside. I have a deep dive course called the Impact Engine PMO training course, and it takes people on a 90 day journey to set up a PMO. 90 days, not two years, everybody, because nobody wants to wait two years to start seeing value. And so in that program, we have a whole lesson dedicated to marketing and communications. And people say, what? I'm an internal PMO. I have nothing to do with marketing. That's not what we do here. Oh, yes, it is. Because every single thing Neen just said mm-hmm. is saying you have to, you're responsible for your brand. You are responsible for your messaging. And if you don't own that message, people will own it for you. And it is so critical to buy in and support for the PMO that you own that story. You own the, the case studies of places and ways that you've helped provide value. You need to be tooting your own horn and bragging about the kind of results that you're helping to create, not by saying, look how awesome we are, but by saying, look at the results we helped this person achieve. Look at the pain points that we addressed in this organization. Mm -hmm. Look at the opportunities we're creating. Look at how much easier we're making everyone's lives. All of that story is what Neen's talking about here and is so critical to the success of a PMO. That's how you get the positive attention that you want, as opposed to getting the, you know, people are going to make up stories about what the mm-hmm. PMO does if you yeah. don't control that narrative, right? People make and, up what they don't know. Right. They just do. Yeah, I've had PMO, um, when I was building PMOs inside organizations for 15 years, I remember various times where people would say, well, this is what the PMO would do, or that's what the PMO would do. And I'm like, that's not at all what we're here for. <laughs> people were deciding what the PMO did. And as a result, it wasn't meeting their expectations. And it had nothing to do with what the PMO was supposed to do. But because I didn't control that narrative and I didn't bring the right attention and focus, intentional attention mm-hmm. around what we were doing and receiving the right kind of attention, people were making up their own story. Right. So I couldn't agree more. And I have lived the pain of not being intentional 
intentional about the kind of attention we're receiving and the kind of message that we're sending out to the world about what the PMO does. And it's a painful place to be. And if you're finding with your stakeholders, those of you listening today, all of you PMO leaders, if you're finding that your stakeholders are saying, ugh, the PMO doesn't do for me what I need, that's not meeting my expectations, I don't need those services anyway, I don't like what they're doing, it's probably because there is a misalignment between what they need, the business problem they need solved, and what you're trying to do, or mm -hmm. they just don't understand it because they don't understand the narrative. So you've got to create that alignment mm -hmm. right from the start. And I think a lot of that goes to, Neen, where your expertise is in one of the many areas, which is around focus. Mm -hmm. and getting that focus in your organization and with your PMO, how do you know what you should be delivering for organizations? How do you know what the PMO should be doing? And I, you know, again, going back to my course, because I built my course based on all the experiences I've had, you need to assess the organization for those opportunities and assess right. the organization and the people for what, you know, where are those pain points, you mm -hmm. know, and pay attention to them. So can you talk about that, Neen? What yeah, I think that one thing PMOs have to do is you need a seat at the table. And yeah. to have a seat at the table, you've got to earn the right to sit at the table, which means you've got to demonstrate to the executive team or whoever your peers are, that you have an incredible brain, systems, resources, process that they can tap into in order for them to achieve their results. It should be almost, of course, we're going to have our PMO at this meeting. Of course, they're going to add value. Of course, they're the right resource for us. And what I did when I was a project manager was I made myself so valuable that they would even sometimes bring me in to be the devil's advocate, to just use my project mentality to be able to challenge everything to see if there were different courses we could take. My ideation productivity is through the roof. I can come up with ideas just like that, like really great. I don't necessarily the right person to implement them or execute them but that's why we have people around us so what i would encourage people to do is do a skills audit of yourself what are you brilliant at understand how you can articulate that i had a genius boss i talk about in the book attention pays called barbara and barbara once said to me when i was early in my project career she said neem you need to be able to tell me three things you're good at don't blink don't look away and I learned very early in my career, I had to have the ability to articulate powerfully where I added value. If you want a seat at the table, you need to be able to articulate very concisely how you're helping that organization achieve their goals. If you cannot do that, you don't deserve to sit at the table. And so what executives, leaders, what other people are looking at as your peers is how are they going to help us progress this, make more money, be able to reduce turnover, increase the customer sale, whatever it is. And so what I want you to think about is to earn the right to sit at the table, you want to demonstrate the value you deliver. So they say, well, of course we want Laura there, but that's also going back to being a publicist. So some ways that you can do that is learn what your things are that you're really good at. See, we're great at promoting other people. We're great at advocating for our team. We are fantastic at promoting our boss's achievements. And we often suck at doing this ourselves. Oh, am I allowed to say that? I should yes. not say that. Okay. <laughs> and so what I need people to practice is you need to be able to help people see and hear you. In order for them to see you, you want to ensure that your brand is aligned with the particular things you represent, right? In order for them to hear you, you need to articulate very quickly, very concisely, 
how you deliver value. Now, we explore this a lot more in the summit that you're doing, as you know, and so I went into some very specific tactics for that. So those of you who are doing the summit, you'll get even more about this. But I do want people to think about doing a skills audit and being able to articulate what they're really great at. You see, you know, think about this. When we're kids, we get told to pay attention. Our teachers tell us to pay attention. Our parents tell us to pay attention. My goodness, we tell our own kids to pay attention. And we think we're paying attention, but we're not. And we don't even need a lot of attention. We just need attention from the right people. So what I want people to consider who are listening to the podcast today is I look at attention really in three ways. The first way is personal attention, which is who deserves your attention. This is about being thoughtful. The second way is professional attention, which is about what deserves your attention. That's about being productive. And the third way we pay attention is global, which is about how we pay attention in the world. As PMOs, if you want to get attention for the projects, if you want to be involved in the strategic conversations, if you want to help people move their objectives forward, if you want to constantly be invited to have an opinion, to voice the things that are going to help others achieve their goals, their projects, their passions, then I think we need to look at our attention in the three ways. I call it systemized thoughtfulness. Are you truly having systems in place to be thoughtful with the team you manage, the leaders that are your peers, the clients you serve? Are you being productive and really focusing on the right work to ensure that the right projects get the attention of leadership and help elevate those? And are you really paying attention in the world? Now, your world might be your business. It might be your backyard. It might be your community. But what we need to think about as PMOs is do we pay attention in those three ways? And are we getting the right kind of attention? And are we giving the right kind of attention? Like I said, it's about intentional attention. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I just, you know, my own personal experience, having read both of your books, which I just love, and I've already started rereading Attention Pays for the second time because it's just, there's so much in it. One of the sentences that I kept reading about was the intentional attention. And that has helped shape my thinking with respect to, I am very intentional about a lot of the things that I do, but now I look at it from an even higher level of perspective and a higher outcome driven perspective as what are the outcomes that I'm achieving by being very intentional in what Mm, I'm doing. So it's even elevated the way I'm thinking about it because I I just, I live and breathe outcomes. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. My family thinks I'm crazy. I'm always saying, okay, this is great, but what is the outcome we're going to achieve? But when you think about this too, we talk about, we want PMOs to be able to get attention in the right way for the right projects at the right time. In order for them to get the attention, it also means they have to eliminate distractions. And so there are things that PMOs are doing that are not helping them. They have meetings that are too long. They write emails that are ridiculously too long. They may not look the part. They may not use words that make sense to people. They might be talking in too many acronyms. They might be writing reports that are too long. And so what we want to think about is, as a PMO, what particular behaviors do you have that are potentially distracting for people so you're not getting the right kind of attention that you want? So, for example, if you can't present in an articulate way the deliverables, the timeline, the stakeholders, the budget, the resource set, and you can't speak to that very quickly and efficiently, that might be an area of focus for you so that you can be be able to articulate. If you run into the CEO in the elevator and they ask you how everything's going, you better very quickly be able to articulate where your project's at, 
what kind of impact is having on the organization and how excited you are about progressing it forward. If you are asked to then walk with the CEO into the boardroom as they address the latest agenda, you better have the ability to extend that conversation and speak intelligently at a global level, very strategically, and at a local level, very tactically. So what we need to do as PMOs is look, say, what are the distractions about me? the way I speak, the way I dress, the way I walk into a meeting. Do you constantly give off this air that you're too busy for everybody else? And I know we explored that in a lot of detail in the summit, but yeah. what you want to think about is you as a PMO, you have a brand, a brand in your organization. Are you really focused on thinking about me as a brand What's my packaging? What's my experience? What do I smell like, taste like, sound like? Because people are talking about you and to the point you made earlier, people will make up what they don't know, right? Yes. So we need to control the narrative and that starts by proactively being a publicist, by being productive, by choosing who and what gets our attention and languaging things in a way that makes sense to others. Yes, exactly. So I know all of you listening, if you've listened to the first dozen episodes or so, you've heard me talk about being a trusted advisor to your leadership team and to the organization. And to build that trust, you've got to do everything that Neen just said. And that is how you build that trust, that credibility. And that's why Neen's been able to do the kinds of things that we're all talking about. Whenever we need to go get resources, we're constantly in this battle. We're trying to avoid being on the chopping block. We're in this survival mode. And I think PMO leaders, that is enough with talking about survival mode. We need to learn how to thrive and these techniques when applied, I guarantee you, I know from my personal experience, this is the experience my students are having. This is the experience my clients are having. This actually works. This really does make the difference. And I've heard so many of you say, but I deserve a seat at the table. And the only way you become that strategy advisor for your organization and navigate that strategy navigator to navigate your organization through to strategy delivery and ultimately impact is by having a very clear message and knowing what you're talking about and being able to walk it. I love this example because the example of talking to the CEO, that's actually happened to some of my CEOs and they've yeah. shared stories where they're like, I just, my eyes glaze over because I have no idea what they're yeah. talking about or I don't trust them because mm -hmm. they clearly articulate the message and the value proposition of the projects of the PMO. And they can't extend that conversation into the boardroom, into a conference room, into a meeting. So mm -hmm. if you want that seat at the table, if you want to be the strategy navigator for your organization, if you want to be that trusted advisor, this is the path that will absolutely take you there. So Neen, wow. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of this with my audience today, my community of impact drivers. Could you let people know how they can find you, follow you and learn more about all that you have to offer? Well, the fortunate thing for me is there's only one Neen James online. So you can Google me and find me. You'll find all of my adventures on Instagram. It's where I play the most. Uh, and also join the summit because we go into such depth about some of these yes. things we've only just touched on today. So definitely do that. But I would love to stay in contact with you. So please find me on Instagram, go to meanjames.com. And I know that Laura has also put in the show notes some resources for you as well. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here, everybody, all of my impact drivers. Neen, once again, thank you for sharing your brilliance and high energy with our community. All right, everyone, that's it for now. I'll see you on the next episode. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, your free live virtual event 
covering all things PMO. There is no other event quite like this so focused on helping you make a big impact with your PMO. Make sure to go to PMOImpactSummit.com and register today. I can't wait to see you there.